just God, it's amazing. Life is just a marathon, so basic. Brush pain, that thing's how you make famous. Life ain't gotta be hard, just keep it basic. Welcome back to Fort Meade Declassified. My name is Jasmine Ferber. I'm the digital media chief. And today I have with me... Chad Jones. I'm your public affairs officer. And we are talking with Rob Garner. He is the news chief of the Office of Communications for the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center just down the road uh, in Greenbelt, Maryland. He's here to tell us more about the work that NASA does, the programs and internship opportunities available, and any upcoming events that the community can uh, take part in. Thank you for joining us. I'm really glad to be here and to have you with me. Thank you for making the trip down. Yeah, fairly outstanding tour you just gave us. You're, you're too yeah. kind. So explain, we share 295, Fort Meade and mm-hmm. Goddard, but a lot of people, and you were mentioning even when you came here, you had no idea. You're from Maryland, but you mm-hmm. weren't even sure growing up what Goddard is, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are in that same boat. So can you tell us a little bit about what Goddard is, what it does, how it's tied to, to NASA? Absolutely. So Goddard is the first, the premier spaceflight complex for NASA. Uh, we are the oldest. NASA was chartered uh, in 1958. Goddard was signed in 1959. And we really are the scientific nerve center for NASA. If it's science and NASA is involved, chances are there's a connection to, to what we're doing here. So um, we operate the Hubble Space Telescope. We were a proving ground for the recently launched Webb Space Telescope. Climate science is an, an amazingly important part of our portfolio. We lead that not just for NASA, really, but, uh, but from the standpoint of the world, we're the largest collection of scientists and technologists and engineers who are studying our planet, our solar system, and the universe at large. Uh, we didn't get to see any of this on the tour today, unfortunately, with, you know, nearly 1,300 acres and 37 major yeah. scientific buildings. You can't see everything in one trip. Right. One of the spots we didn't get to see is the, um, the astrobiology lab, which uh, is uh, where we take things like meteor samples, grind them up, and study them to look for the uh, chemicals that, for example, are signatures of... Uh, um, biology, uh, mm-hmm. the, the not not biology in the sense of um, life, but uh, the organic compounds. I should say, right. not biology, organic compounds that are the building blocks of life. Like carbon, and exactly, mm-hmm. carbon, sure. nitrogen, those kinds of things, uh, water, mm-hmm. and uh, a big hat tip to uh, to the Army. Um, Dugway Proving Ground was where in September last year our NASA's first ever asteroid sample returned from space, had a wonderful soft landing uh, at Dugway Proving Ground, um, and uh, is now currently at Johnson Space Center in Houston in the process of being opened up and analyzed. Wait, so a meteor landed on an Army installation? Well, it's kind of convenient. (laughs) What was even more convenient was that the capsule uh, that was carrying the asteroid sample managed to touch down right next to a road. So it was actually quite convenient for the the team that had to go out and collect it from the uh, from the capsule. Technically not a meteor because the asteroid was in a canister when it came down. Yeah, how, do, of, how do you, well, I don't even know. That's the an entirely different story. Capturing the asteroid. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of cool, Since actually. you guys get a lot of calls of like UFO sightings or meteors. We do get calls or... like that, yeah. Um, they do happen. 
Well, yeah, we were going to get to that. Okay. And I was going to ask, <laughs> since we got to it, um, and we, you know, you deal with a lot of scientists. Obviously, the pictures behind you just showed mm -hmm. the whole nebula mm -hmm. and the 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 Wilson, the new satellite you all are building. Oh, um, Nancy Grace Roman Nancy Space Telescope. Yeah. Why did I get Wilson? I don't know. Um, shows how much the galaxy you're going to be able to see. So the question that I, is there life? I mean, what what's the consensus among the Goddard scientific community in, in regards to the potential of life off of Earth? Well, the consensus as it stands right now is if there is life elsewhere in the universe, we have not found definite proof of it yet. Yeah. One of the uh, the main priorities of NASA um, and the uh, the space telescopes that we are building and are yet to build is what we call the search, not so much the search for life, but the search for potential life, the search Conditions for of, yeah. habitability. So I noticed you were doing a lot of tours and we talked mm -hmm. a little bit about, well, we can get into how cool the science stuff you do is all day, but mm -hmm. I guess we got to do some official <laughs> stuff. So um, it was like an 18 minute, well, 20 minute drive from here, which down 295 is not that bad. Not that bad at all. Um, and so this is, and when I was talking with Colonel Sapp, he's our commander of the fort. Right. And the first question when I told him I was coming here, he's like, well, is the visitor center back open? There, and you said it was, but there are mm -hmm. opportunities for the community to come see what you're doing. And then about, you know, especially mm -hmm. with school age children and things of that nature, also to come, you're opening your science up. Can you talk a little bit about? Absolutely. So yes, there was a period during the height <clears throat> of the pandemic where the visitor center was closed, um, but it is back in business, has been for, for quite some time now. Um, we have held on to some of the virtual programs that we piloted and pioneered during the pandemic. So there's a combination of in-person and virtual activities that people can participate in. Um, every uh, the, the visitor center is open most every day of the week, except for Mondays and occasional holidays. Tossed is there a charge or is it free to, free to visit? Mm -hmm. yep. That free was to another visit. plus of us because we discovered <clears throat> this place when we were coming back from the Arboretum in DC. Mm. Like what's something free we could do? Yep. And well, yes, it was uh, here. The visitor center here is uh, is also NASA owned and operated, so yes, free to the public. As far as uh, if if you're interested in more than just the exhibits, the permanent exhibits that we have on display, like our rocket garden, our solarium, uh, which is one of my favorites, where you can uh -huh. actually immerse yourself in video of the sun, accompanied with audio that is created by interpreting solar data and mapping it to sound. Um, uh, we also have special programs. Uh, the first of every month is, uh, the first Sunday of every month is typically when we do our model rocket launches from the visitor center grounds. The second Sunday of every month is typically when we have our ask a scientist program. And the mm. third Sunday of every month is typically when we do the Sunday experiment, which is a hands-on activity typically geared toward the, the, the school children ages, uh, to actually get their hands not so much dirty, I, I guess, but mm -hmm. get their hands on an activity or something like that that's related to the science. And I'm assuming your rocket is not like the, hey, I'm 11 years old, I got my two foot rocket pump up. I'm, I'm imagining it's a fairly impressive rocket that you shoot. Well, this is where people can bring their own. Oh, uh, that's yeah, even so, cooler. Yeah, okay, we, so it could yeah. be the little, but you just it give them be. space to... There, yes, so Goddard, with the, the 10,000 plus people that we have here, uh, there's sort of little communities of all of their own. In some ways, it's a lot like a college campus. Mm -hmm. uh, we have 
um, quote after school clubs, after work clubs. So there is uh, oh there's okay. a ballroom dancing club here. Oh. There's a, a, a pilots club here. There's a couple of folks uh, who have a ski club here. Any and, Trekkie clubs or Star Wars clubs? Well, I did, there's not really a Star Trek or a Star uh, Star Wars club per se. That's just something that's part of the lifeblood of most of the people <laughs> right. who work here, myself very much included. Um, but uh, there's also a model rocket club, and uh, they they are sort of the ones who proctor the the the, the launches from the visitor center on those Sundays. But, but anybody else who's in, who has model rocket, how would they sign up? Or you, you come. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, uh, the visitor center also has a gift shop where if you don't have your own, you can buy the the, the engine and the rocket there. And That's awesome. Um, so, up. do you guys have like classes on how to build model rockets, or just kind of just DIY at home, or what the visitor center want and take it here? Well, uh, I, the, there are people who build them at home and bring them out to to fly. Uh, but yes, the 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 model rocket club is, is very hands-on in, in, in helping with the, those little flights. So uh, a little bit of both, I suppose you could say. Hi, Chuck Yang here once again. Wow, I cannot believe January is almost over, but I would like to wish all the listeners a very happy new year. And on Thursday, February 1st, join us at the next Facebook Live Town Hall starting at 5.30 p.m., Colonel Sat will host another session discussing issues in Fort Meade and its surrounding communities. And if you have access to the installation, you can join us in person at Smallwood Hall. Now back to the conversation. And you were talking, you mentioned a little bit about your employees. Mm-hmm. And as we were walking through, we talked a little bit about it's not, at least for me, it was not what I would think from NASA. I was thinking absolute science, white coats. We saw some of those, but mm-hmm. a lot of people actually working hands-on mechanical type stuff. Mm-hmm. So what kind of employees can work here at Goddard? What kind are you looking for? And At the highest level, it's very easy to say, well, we look for the best, right? Yeah. But the best in so many different kinds of disciplines. I mean, uh, yes, there are the rocket <clears throat> scientists. Yeah. Indeed, we have those, quite a few of them. Uh, engineers, technologists, those kinds of professions. But like most places, there's an entire array of different career paths available. Like us, for example, in the communications, the public affairs realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, uh, lawyers here. We have graphic designers here, video producers here, accountants. So uh, truly, uh, if, if you are good at what you do, chances are there is a potential career path at NASA. Do that. they usually post on USA Jobs for most, like we, most federal agencies, or it, for the Career Federal Service? Yes, one of the things that I consider uh, an advantage of Goddard Space Flight Center and NASA writ large is that there is an enormous contingent of contractors mm. that support the work yeah. we do. For mm-hmm. at Goddard, for example, I, I forget the precise numbers, but there's something of that that rough figure of 10,000, like a third of those are, are civil servants and the other two thirds come from contractor partners, all working together uh, to achieve the, the achieve the bigger picture, achieve the big bigger picture missions. So you mentioned um, programs for school-aged children. Mm-hmm. Are there any internships available for high school students or college students and undergrad? Indeed, there are. Put your eyes on intern.nasa.gov to apply. 
I think we have something like 180 openings for the summer at Goddard. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they, uh, people from high school age up through post-college, uh, postgraduate, oh. doctoral uh, candidate type. Um, there are so. openings for people, uh, uh, for students of all of those uh, different educational levels. Uh, okay. And it's- It's and, paid, right? Yeah. Yeah, Is positions that across all career fields like communication, STEM. Mm -hmm. Yep, there's there's a very broad uh, swath of, of projects that uh, that we that we pull interns for. Mm -hmm. uh, I took a quick glance at a couple of them just before we we sat down, and and there's uh, there's technology based internships, internships working on solar science uh, for the course of the the weeks, the ten weeks or so mm -hmm. that the internships run. So they're they're not busy work kinds of positions by any means. Mm -hmm. These are ways, and, and you don't need to have a, a huge degree of background to, uh, to apply. So we're, we're, we're very eager to, to foster that next generation of explorers. And it starts by bringing in people when they're still in school. So with a lot of the work that you do here at Goddard, um, you know, Fort Meade is, does a lot of intelligent cyber which I would imagine cyber is probably a pretty big, pr pretty useful in this area. And then I get, what is your all's take on Space Force? Like we have Space Force elements at um, Fort Meade, we, which a lot of people don't know about, but do you all work at all with those DOD components? And then like within the DOD, we're like, well, if you ask an airman, Air Force, like we didn't need Space Force, Air Force took care of it already. but. I would imagine that would be a little bit with NASA, like, well, NASA is the space, but that's that's what we've always done. But I can I can appreciate the sentiment. Um, yeah. I think something that's really important to point out, though, is that uh, the the partnership, the relationships that NASA has had with uh, folks on the DoD side go back basically to the very inception of NASA as an agency. Like Goddard mm. itself, one of the first major programs that we formed from was the Navy's satellite effort. Project Vanguard yeah. was Navy's before it was NASA's. Wow. Uh, Jet Propulsion Lab in California, they had uh, the Army's uh, Explorer program was what sort of led to, to them. And even to this day, I mean, folks think of Cape Canaveral, you know, Kennedy Space Center in Florida yep. where all these launches happen. Yeah. NASA's not the only game in town down there. That's that's mm. Space Force. Uh, Vandenberg right. Airport, uh, sorry, Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. Uh, that's our, our West Coast launch range. And that oh, wow. quote doesn't belong to NASA. That's something that we are very much in partnership with, with mm. the Space Force to use. Yeah, it's like the one team, one fight. Mantra. We use that all the time because we have multiple forces, but it seems like mm -hmm. it's the same thing. The line you'll hear around here a lot is at NASA, there's space for everybody. Ah, I like that. All right. I wish I could keep, <laughs> uh, take credit for it, but no. Yeah. Okay. So just want to go a little bit more. If somebody wanted to come here, what's the best way to find out what is happening at Goddard if they were interested in getting part of the, the rocket club or to see a launch or to do the visitor center? Where would I, where would we direct people to, to like, Hey, come on down. The first thing you need to do is point yourselves to nasa.gov slash visit Goddard. 
that will get you to the visitor center, which manages all of those programs like the Sunday Experiment, the Ask a Scientist, and things like that. It's an excellent gateway for uh, groups who are looking for an on-facility tour, whether it's a virtual one or an in-person one. That's, uh, that's your entry point. And yes, we'd love to have you come out. And then I got one other question that is selfish in nature. I learned growing up there were nine planets. As we many of us did, going yes. out back and forth about <laughs> Pluto. Pluto was my favorite planet. So I was more than a little disappointed when I found out that it wasn't a planet. But Jasmine, you just said that it I might be a planet, planet again. again. Well, so, I'll, I'll do my best to clear the air a little bit. Yes. First, uh, your ire is more appropriately directed at the International Astronomical Union. Right. We I'm NASA, bringing it. So we don't decide what is a planet right. and what is not a planet. <laughs> really? And regardless of Pluto's planet or not planet status, it still remains an incredibly fascinating uh, object of scientific intrigue for us. And so uh, I think formally the classification now is dwarf planet. Mm -hmm. um, and we can get into all of the different scientific classifications of why um but regardless of what you remember it as being growing up like i yep. also pluto was a planet when i learned uh yep. my mother uh yeah. my very energetic nine mother just served pickles, us nine yeah. pizzas yep. now it's uh, the one i hear is my very energetic uh mother just served us nachos so you can take yeah. your pick from uh in the last 10 years what has been your favorite space themed movie Spoo space themed movie mm. in the last 10 years because, you know, you had, like, Apollo 13 and, like, the... Martian. Yeah. Right? Gravity uh, was good. Interstellar. Mars uh, Mars Attacks. Well, I have a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old at home. So, mm -hmm. as of late, my my movie viewings have skewed a little bit away from from that kind of, uh, mm -hmm. of film. I can understand oh, I really? have a one-year-old. <laughs> See, we raised our kids on Star Wars. Like, I, there was no Barney in the Jones house. It mm -hmm. was... Star Wars, and that's what you got. We're working up to it with the with the little guys. Um, they uh, they're they're getting the space documentaries now. Oh, yeah. oh, nice. But for my for me for for pound for pound, I, I would probably have to say The Martian, honestly. With Matt Damon, we're just yeah. talking yep. about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I I watched Interstellar, and that one was like mm -hmm. a really emotional movie yeah. for me because <laughs> I was yeah. pregnant at the time when um, I watched it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you took us through that. What was it? The gyro centrifuge. What, the centrifuge. centrifuge. Mm -hmm. And I either thought I, that made me think of the Martian going around and like having to study stuff. And then it also, you ever see the right stuff? Oh boy. It's been a, it's that, been a while. Well, it's been a long yeah. time, but they put the astronauts mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Um, but just to see how everything, and cause the, the mistake was they, they didn't, they sped up the testing in the Martian mm -hmm. and that ended up to the plane crashing. But as you told me, there's no speeding up in testing. Well, certainly there there are a number of circumstances in the Matt Damon film which, uh, yeah. on balance, they they strain some credibility, but but really not to a great extent. I think uh, it's a very robust film, which is one of the yeah. reasons why I and quite a few of my colleagues uh, have also really enjoyed it, is because of of how well it captures uh a lot of those those aspects i think one of my biggest gripes with it uh was that the sandstorms that we have observed sorry sandstorms the, the dust storms that mm -hmm. we've observed on mars have not proven to be quite as intense there's not enough air 
on Mars, even at very high speeds, to throw dust around to the extent that it could have the kind of effect that it did in the film. But, but, uh, come on. I'm <laughs> totally going to use that, though. I'm going to be so pretentious when somebody talks about it. I'm like, well, you know, I know Rob I mean, from NASA there, got it, and that's not quite... There are other films that have uh, that have not at all done as good a job as, like, the book that The Martian is based yeah. on, and mm -hmm. then the movie uh, have done. Uh, and so, yeah, like... I think what what really appeals to me about the Martian is that it it feels and 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 captures the the essence quite yeah. well. Uh, I don't know if this really counts, uh, but there was a documentary that came out. Um, gosh, what was the title? I think it was Farthest, mm. which was a documentary about the Voyager probes mm. uh, the voyager satellites which are the farthest man uh, the farthest human-made objects from earth these were yeah. planetary missions launched in the 1970s um that's the one that had the record on it like they put the record with like 15 different songs yes. that it was ever discovered mm -hmm. yeah 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 uh that's the one and still uh still operating um even today uh and just I thought that did a really excellent job at capturing the human element behind mm. those missions. Because ultimately, when we are doing what we do, observing our own planet, observing space, we're doing it because of the potential benefit to people. Mm. And that's that's that that always gets me. I get a little misty eyed when I when I really see someone like a, a project scientist who's been with a mission for thirty years, and is mm. is talking about a mission uh, like a member of their own family. Yeah. Um, mm. Those human stories behind the work that we're doing always really get me. They should. Well, thank you very much. This Entirely has been my pleasure. It's been great. Um, like I said, you should come on out to the fort. And you sound, it sounds like there's other stuff we can come see here. So mm. we'll get here. And can you give, can you pop the website one more time? Just so uh... if you're interested in um, the visitor center, public events, anything of that sort, hit us up at nasa.gov slash visit Goddard. If you want to learn more about the amazing science and engineering and technology, nasa.gov slash Goddard. And uh, hit us on social media at NASA Goddard. There it is. All right. All well, right. thank you, Rob, for joining us today and giving us that great tour. It's been really educational. I learned a lot today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored. People can watch the tour over on our YouTube channel at Need TV. Um, we'll have a video up to show you the kind of intricacies of the yeah. facility and part of what we got cool. to see today. Yeah, which apparently is part of what you can see. Yes, yeah. Uh, okay. There is some overlap in uh, the, the publicly available tours uh, and, and what we got to walk through with the camera. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. you. And thank you for everyone who listened in today. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of Fort Me Declassified. Life is just a marathon, so basic. Fresh pain that things hate me, Damon. Life ain't gotta be hard, 